guys like doing different. Like you will go into a restaurant and you will pick a different item on the menu that you've not tried before. Or you will, you will, you guys are awesome. Or you will try a new recipe that you've never tried before just because, you know, you like to keep it fun for your kids. Or how about, uh, you know, you try a different language. Today you tried a different language, good job. I'm proud of you. And or how many of you walk into this auditorium and every Sunday you're like, I'm gonna sit in a different spot today. I, I can see some of you don't do that. <laughs> I already know. Farley's will be somewhere over here <laughs> with the Van Loos. I see you, I see you. Um, or maybe if you're watching online, you will always, you know, you'll, you'll choose a different spot on the couch just because you want, you want service to look different today. Um, let me see those hands. How many of you guys like doing different? Okay. All right. A very, very small, someone's like, oh, small percentage. I saw that. But um, how many of you, you just, you know what you're going to order because you know that you like it. So you're going to go and you're going to order the thing and you're going to pay for it. So you're, you're going to order that thing. Or, you know, you want something that you're cooking that's familiar and easy. So you're going to stick to the same recipe time and time again. I have a Korean bowl that's so easy. That's what I do when I don't know what to do. So, um, or, you know, you're going to stick to English. Porque hablar otro lenguaje... Cuesta. For those of you that have no idea what I said, I said speak another language is hard sometimes. Um, you know, or, or you're going to sit where you sit on Sunday because that's where you've sat. And that's what you know. And that's what you like. You know, that's just what you're going to do. And the truth is different takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort. Um, psychology tells us that all of us tend to gravitate towards what's familiar. Our brain creates pathways, and we stick to those pathways. And that's how habits come to be. And so I remember the first time I was invited to try Oaxacan food. Oaxaca is a state in southern Mexico. And so I went with my friend who happened to be the restaurant owner, and he said, would you mind if I order for us? And I was like, no, go ahead, you know, sure. And so he orders for us, and the next thing I know, the waiter is bringing out this plate full of, I mean, a mountain of fried grasshoppers. Puts them on the table with freshly handmade tortillas, tortillas, for those of you that don't understand that, you know, and they're right there, and I'm just like, wow, I, hmm, uh, okay, well, I, you know, I like trying different, <laughs> I'm going to try this. So I grab the tortilla, put the grasshoppers on there, grab a bunch of lime, <laughs> some salsa, and I just go to town on that taco. Man, I had never had that kind of taco before. It was a different kind of crunch. Taco Bell got nothing on that taco. <laughs> it was a different kind of crunch, I tell you. And it was a completely different culinary experience than I was used to. And um, different takes effort. 
because your brain isn't used to it. So you don't like it. It takes a lot of like, wait, is this safe? Is this going to kill me? You know, am I going to have diarrhea after the taco? Like you go through all these things. Your brain, sorry, it's too early for that. Your brain processes all these things. And so you like choosing what's familiar because you don't want to go through all that process. But in the last few weeks, we've been talking about this series called Making Room for Different. And so I'm really excited about the gospel story that we get to read today. And I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit, poquito, different. Are you okay with that? Can I ask you for a little bit different? Will you help me read the story? And this is what I mean. I'm going to ask you to repeat things. And then that will be your turn to repeat them. Or I'm going to have you turn to your neighbor and ask a question. Sorry, introverts. Don't, don't leave us. Stay with us. And there'll be your turn to turn to your neighbor. So we're going to just try a little bit different today. So let's open our Bibles app or our Bibles to Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. All right. And if you don't have your Bible app open or your phone freezes from time to time, don't worry. We have it up on the screen. If you're online, follow along. It says, when Jesus... Return to Capernaum. I always have trouble saying some words in the Bible. Forgive my Spanish. Several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. Say, no more room. Good job. And it goes on to say, even outside the door. Now turn to your neighbor and ask them, what about those outside the door? What about those outside the door? Good job. And we continue reading. It says, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men, say friends, arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the mat on his, uh, the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Can you imagine being that homeowner? I mean, there's, there's, there's insurance, but then you have to deal with all of that. Verse 5, seeing their faith, say faith. faith. You guys are doing great. Good job. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Say forgiven. forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Then Jesus immediately knew what they were thinking. And I love that Jesus knows what we're thinking. And he says, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed men, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed men and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And verse 12 says, and the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked up through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, now I want everyone to say this with me. We've never seen anything like this before. 
And say thank you so much for reading that with me. Good job, everybody. Um, but I love that. And, and for those of you that are, that are new and that are guests in the midst of us, welcome. My name is Ilsian. I'm one of the co-lead pastors here, and I get to serve you, and we get to learn together today. So welcome. If you're online and you're checking us out for the first time, so glad you're here. But these are some of the observations I want to make that you and I just read. One, what the friends did was different. What the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law heard was different. They hadn't heard somebody forgiving somebody else for their sins before. And what the people saw, you guys read it and said it, was like nothing they had ever seen before. In other words, it was different. Good job. It was different. So let's look at this. Let's look at the first part in, in verse uh, 3. And there's four men that I am identifying as friends. And I, I said friends because it's like the three Fs that I want you to have an easier time remembering. But another word that we can use for friends in this is community. Okay? This was a community for this guy. So we have four men who had a plan. And they all agreed that we we're going to take their paralyzed bro to Jesus. We're going to take you to Jesus. So they made this plan. They went. They picked him up. Because they had heard. The word had spread that Jesus could heal those that were sick. That he could make those that couldn't walk, walk. So they're like, let's go. So they went and they get there. But they encounter an obstacle. Right? We read it. The obstacle was the crowd. The crowd prevented them from getting People were there to hear Jesus, but the same people that were there to hear Jesus were also the people that prevented a sick man from getting in to see Jesus. And so just like the story of Zacchaeus that Carlos shared last week, there was a crowd that prevented Zacchaeus because of his height from seeing Jesus. And in Luke's narrative of the story of the paralyzed men in Luke 5, it says that the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting. Now that is a very telling detail because in that time when you came to learn, what would happen is that the students would stand and the teachers would sit and teach. Now it's all reversed, right? But see, at the time, that's what was practiced. And so the Pharisees and the teachers, they choose to sit. Now, what, it, what does that say? What does their posture and their attitude say about why they were there? They weren't really there to learn. They weren't really there because they really wanted uh, to know what Jesus was saying. They were there. It's a very different attitude. And see, they were the ones... They weren't the ones teaching, but they were the ones sitting down. And sitting down took up a lot more room than standing up. That's why you hear standing room only. You know it's going to be tight in there, right? But they chose to, to, to sit down. And I wonder if sometimes the arrogance, the pride, the entitlement... And the lack of humility of some of us church people keep those that are desperate 
for Jesus outside the door. Wonder. And see, these guys, these friends, they were the real deal. They were legit, no cap, fam, squad. They were goals. They just, they were, they're going to show up. And they chose to carry this man. And we know that back in the time, wheelchairs were not in existence. So what they used is the mat that they used to sleep in, right? There was no mattresses like we know now. It was just like a flat thing. So they took that mat, and that is how they chose to transport him. Now, that took energy. That took muscle. And that spoke so loudly to me about the need for community. See, we need friends that are willing to carry us, but we also got to be willing to carry our friends. And I love that these friends were unselfish with their time and with their resources. And they showed up, and I just want to tell you this in case you didn't know it. We need friends that are willing to take a risk to get us into the presence of Jesus. And see, small groups are a great place to meet those friends and to be those friends. Yes, shameless plug. Check out small groups today. It is happening, okay? So here, there are these friends that probably met at a small group, okay? Just kidding. They did not. But whatever gets you there, come on. <laughs> um, but they, they are met with an obstacle. There's an obstacle from what they had planned. And I, and I got to imagine that they must have tried to get in. They must have tried to excuse themselves and move people out of the way. You know, I've been to Disneyland on New Year's Eve. And if you thought Disneyland on a regular day was packed, holiday Disneyland is another level packed. I mean, I couldn't even move without bumping into people. There was a moment where I really wanted to get to the firework. I wanted to get a good spot for the firework show. And I kindly pushed people out of the way so that I wouldn't get separated from my family. Because it was so, so crowded. And see, I'm sure that these guys, they tried. But it was crowded. And historians and scholars, um, they, they believe that this century house, first century house, could probably host about... 40 to 50 people, but on this day, it was more like 70 people that were present. So can you imagine trying to get through that crowd? Well, they couldn't do it. They were unable. How defeating, how discouraging must have that felt? How frustrating. It was a big obstacle. But what do they do? Do they turn to their friend? They're like, man, sorry, Paco, we can't get you in there. Better luck next time. No, they don't do that. They persisted. They found a way. They risked it. Sometimes faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And I love that the verse says they dug a hole through the roof above Jesus' head. And as I studied this passage, the thought that came to mind is this, man, these friends' faith, 
it, it give, gave them a different perspective. This faith gave them a different perspective. Faith allows you to see a creative solution to an obstacle. And see, we, with these friends, what they did was different. No one had ever entered this house through the roof. It hadn't been done. But here they are, and they are doing something different. And it's important to know that during that time, many homes had a staircase kind of by the courtyard, and so there was access to the roof from the outside. And the roof was usually flat, and it was made out of clay and straw or stones bonded with mud. And so this is how the house was reformed. So the rooftop was strong enough so that you could host a small family up there or even spend a night up there, you know, if you needed a break from your spouse. And so, just kidding, don't do that. Sleep together, you guys, work it out. Um, you know, just time out. Remember my first, when I got married with Carlos? I was so mad at him. Like, I don't know why, but I was mad. I was angry. And, and I was like, I can't sleep next to you. And I go and I try to sleep on the couch. And he's like, no, this is not going to be our marriage. I refuse for us not, even if you're angry. And I was like, oh, fine. And I gave him like my back. But anyways, just, okay, time in. <laughs> Thanks for the therapy session, everybody. <laughs> um, but anyways, they had access to the roof when they needed it. And so these men find themselves right there in the rooftop. So this community of men climbed the stairs. Now, have you ever tried carrying something up a flight of stairs that is heavy? Have you tried carrying a person like a 25-pound joyous baby that wiggles? It's hard. And it makes me think of the episode from Friends. I don't know if you've watched it. They're like trying to carry a couch, a flight of stairs or something. They're trying to move a couch. And all Ross can do is say, pivot, pivot, pivot. You know, because it's just, it's hard to carry something upstairs. My point is that it wasn't an easy task. It was hard. And see, they can't even ask this paralyzed man to like hold on to the mat as they try to pivot him because his limbs are paralyzed. He can't help them. So they have to figure out a way to get this man up this flight of stairs. And they do it. And another thing that I want you to remember that during this time, if you were sick or paralyzed, it meant that you were somebody that was isolated from community. And so they really couldn't participate because they had no way to join in. And so this man had a physical paralysis, but maybe you have friends or maybe you yourself have experienced a place in your life where you're paralyzed. Maybe it's not a physical thing. Maybe there's an emotional paralysis going on. Maybe there's a spiritual fear that just keeps you paralyzed. See, and this is what I want you to know. People need you 
and you need people. You are created for community. God created us to be social beings, and we see it in babies. If a baby isn't touched or loved or hugged, they will have major difficulties down the road. They can even die from not having that social touch in their lives. God created us for community. We are not meant to do life alone. Get into a small group. We were created for relationship. And see, the truth is, and this is the truth that I want you to hear today, you belong. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you belong. Type in the chat, you belong, if you're watching online. You belong because Jesus made a place for you. Jesus died on the cross so that you would have a place in his family at his table. And I love that about Jesus. I love that Jesus sat at a table with broken men, knowing that one of them would betray him and the other would deny him, but yet he didn't exclude them because of their brokenness and their failures. He invited them in, sat them at the table, and broke bread and shared the cup with them. What does that say about community? Let's work through our bad relationships. Let's reconcile. Let's love each other past our failures. And Jesus does this because we were created for community and you belong. And I've said this before, one of my favorite quotes from my mentor, Larry Acosta, is we suffer in isolation, but we heal in community. And Dr. Um, Bruce Perry said this, we heal best in community. Studies Psychologists, psychiatrists are saying we heal best in communities. If you are struggling with an addiction, your best chance at overcoming that, besides trusting Jesus, is getting into healthy relationships. We heal best in community. See, and you've been attending, if you've been here and you've been attending Evergreen, or you're watching online, but you don't have community here, people that you can call at 3 a.m. or people that you can call on your darkest night, will you allow us to do life with you? Fill out a connection card. Let us know how we can connect with you. Because we want to be a place where you belong and you can do life with people. And so these men, they get their friend up the roof and they start digging. Now remember I told you there's like layers of mud, there's stone and all this other stuff. I don't know if they had tools to dig. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they're like, man, forget my manicure, let's just go. Go to town on this roof, let's remove the tiles. I'm not sure. I tried to look it up in history, but it was really hard to figure it out. But it took them effort. Doing something different takes effort. It takes energy. It takes resources. But they were willing to invest their time and their energy. I don't know if they were talented at digging holes, but that day they became talented people at digging a hole. And the crazy part to me is that they had to dig a hole big enough to be able to put him down. 
It wasn't like, oh, let me just dig a little one and stick your foot in. No, it was like they had to get the whole thing to get his whole body through and get him in the presence of Jesus. Presence of Jesus. Presence of Jesus. That's why you and I need to be people that help those outside the door have access to the presence of Jesus. My question for you today is, do you have the faith to dig? Do you have the faith? See, their faith got them dirty. Their faith got them sweaty. Their faith took up their time and their schedule. Their faith took action and it persisted despite the obstacles. It was a bold solution to a problem that they had encountered. And one scholar said that their faith was on display for all to see that day. And we see that in verse 5, it says that seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And this is what I think I kind of draw from that, that it's a collective faith. It's not just the faith of the four friends. But man, the paralyzed man had to have some faith to let people pick him up and do all this that they did. So he had faith too. So it's this collective faith. faith, And that is why we gather on a regular basis. This is why we invite you to be part of community. Because when we come together, we lift our praise. And one of the things I love about worship is that we get to declare truth regardless of how we feel. And so thank you, Riker and worship team, for leading us to a point where we can declare truth despite our feelings. Because that is where our spirit and our soul gets encouraged. And see, faith shows up. And these guys showed up for their friend. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but about a month ago, I had to show up on a Sunday. Really hard to show up and sing. Because what I was expecting life became a loss. But it was so hard to sing Waymaker. Because I felt like I, you did not make a way for me, God. But when I couldn't sing it, you know who was able to sing it for me? You guys. You guys were able to declare what I wasn't able to. So our faith, it's a collective faith. We need each other. So keep coming. Stay connected. Don't let the enemy isolate you. So this question that I've been wrestling with is how do we get to a point where our faith is not only seen, but it allows us to make a way for those outside the door, those that don't have access to Jesus? How do we get them access to the presence of Jesus? And I think I'm still trying to learn the answer to that question. But I know that one of the things is we show up. And that is so we learn to be faithful. We show up even when we don't feel like it. Or we, faith in action, like I said, it spells 
R-I-S-K. We take a risk. We invite that person who we think, oh, I don't think they'll ever say yes. But man, I'm going to invite them anyway. Take a risk. And so the word of God in Romans 10, 17, it says that, so faith comes from hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. And one of the questions I asked myself as I was reading this is, how do I get to a place where my faith gains perspective? How do I get to a a place where I'm able to see the stairs and think, oh, maybe I can access a roof? How do I get to that place? And then I was reminded of one of the reasons why I love hiking. See, when, when you're hiking up a mountain, there is a climb involved. And man, I wish there wasn't, but there always is. And there's elevation, and the uphill is hard, and it requires determination, persistence, and not giving up. And John Maxwell said, everything worthwhile is uphill. And see, and the beautiful thing about hiking is that the higher you go, the better your perspective. The more you're able to see the big picture. You gain perspective the higher you go. And this week... I started cycling from my garage, and I decided to find a spin instructor on YouTube, and she asked this question, are you team climb or are you team sprint? I was like, I'm team sit. <laughs> like, this is really hard. <laughs> you know? But the discovery that I'm making is that the more I stay, stay in team climb and in team sprint, the more my muscles are strengthened. And the longer I can go. See, I couldn't, I, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this 20-minute workout. But it turns out, after many pauses, I made it through. And then the next day, I was like, okay, I'm going to try a 30-minute workout. And I did it. I'm going to keep adding, you know, just a little bit, maybe 45. But it's hard. And at the minute that I'm doing it, I was like, oh, my gosh. I should have had that cookie. You know, like, this is so hard. But it's good because your muscles are getting built up. Your faith is similarly works that way, like cycling or hiking. Your faith keeps getting stronger the more you show up. The more you trust Jesus. The more you choose to say yes to him. The more... Your faith muscles grow and get strengthened in him. Keep showing up and keep being faithful. And if you're wondering what the application to today's sermon is, let's join a small group. Be part of community. Give your phone number to somebody today, and if you're single, pray that it's the one. Ask the Holy Spirit to help, to help you. And that is my prayer, that the Holy Spirit will help us, will show us the way. Because sometimes we take credit for the ideas we come up with, and I know that God made us smart and gave us a brain, but sometimes it is us trusting his Holy Spirit and our brains combined that give us that holy answer that we were needing at that moment. 
So I'll ask you again, do you have the faith that sees a way to get those outside the door in the presence of Jesus? I'm so grateful for the online community that we have, that we're able to live stream our services, but you know what? It needs to be better. And I've been trying to recruit a team for online, and I think it's just three of us. We're going to be intentional about reaching people outside the door. We need to get people to be part of that community. So if you're here and you have a heart for those that, for whatever the reason, can never walk in through the doors of a church, talk to me today after, and we'll get you on the team. Now, the last thing is forgiveness. It says, my child, your sins are forgiven. Jesus tells them this. And see, the truth is that all of us have been paralyzed by sin at some point in our life. We've all needed to hear that our sins are forgiven. And I love that we are able to receive God's forgiveness because of what Jesus did on the cross. See, Jesus made a way for you. It says that he torn down the veil and he made a way so that you and I can have access to God in a relationship with him. And maybe you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you're watching online and you've never put your faith in Jesus. And maybe you find yourself paralyzed because of sin. Maybe you can't see how you can let this habit go. I remind you that Jesus died and rose again. That you would have forgiveness of sins. And I love that in the story, it doesn't just end with forgiveness, but Jesus also heals this man. And this man is able to do something that up to this point in his life was impossible. He gets up, picks up the mat with his hand, his limbs that were immobile, and he walks. Jesus brought healing to his life. And maybe you feel like you, it's been impossible for you to do that thing that you've been praying that Jesus would set you free from. He gives forgiveness of sins and he brings his healing. That's available to you today. We got to do let's repent and say, I don't, I don't want to do my own thing. God, my own thing hasn't got me anything. Forgive my sins. Would you, would you close your eyes right there where you are? And with everybody's eyes closed. I want to make this invitation for you. You're here. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you feel paralyzed by sin and you need the forgiveness that only he can offer with everybody's eyes closed. I'm going to ask you, if that's you and you want God's forgiveness today, would you look up at me so that I can agree with you? If that's you and you're here and today I see you, if there's anybody else, just look up at me and I want to agree with you. I see you. If there's anybody else, just look up at me that I can agree with you. God loves you. I see you. He forgives you. He wants your healing. 
I'm going to invite everybody. And I don't want to forget about our online friends. If that's you, would you write friend on the chat? And that's our cue to follow up with you. Lord, we thank you that because of Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins. Lord, we thank you that on the cross you made a way for us. Lord, I pray for my friends that have said yes to you, for those that have said I have been paralyzed by sin and I need God's forgiveness, that you are the one that gives it to them today, God. But Lord, I also pray for those of us in the room that maybe are um, find ourselves in a place of emotional paralysis or spiritual paralysis. We haven't been able to grow or move. And Lord, we need you. Would you help us? Would you heal us? And Lord, I pray as we take the courageous step to get into community, whether it's getting into a small group or reaching out to the person next to us, would you help us to be a people that love and invite others in? That we would be a place where people belong. So Lord, we thank you that you made a way for us and that you help us so that our faith continues to take a risk. In Jesus' mighty name, can we say amen? Amen. amen. Would you stand right where you are? I'm going to have you stand. We're not going to sing because I took too long. But I want to bless you. And I want to thank you for being here. And I want to thank you for your generosity. Your generosity is making a way for people outside the door. So thank you for giving faithfully your tithes and your offerings. Because when you partner with us, you are tearing down roofs so that people have access to the presence of Jesus. Would you put your hands up and bless you? Father, we love you and you are awesome and you love everybody in this room and watching online so lord i bless them with your courage i bless them with your spirit i bless them with your hope and i bless them with the courage to step into community amen we love you church have a great sunday